All right. <clears throat> well, I will be the first one to say, everybody, I am so proud to announce that we are officially starting our second podcast now, the uh, C&C, Crime and Conspiracy. You know me, I'm Max, and uh, I got Brandon with me over here. Brandon? What's going on, Max? Yeah, we're debuting a new thing uh, with a lot of, uh, there's bells and whistles involved in what, what's going on today. So, Dude, we, we have all the bells and whistles yeah, today, honestly. We yeah. got our buddy Chapel over here uh, in the studio recording us today, and big shout out to Chapel who put together all of this, which is visuals, microphones, everything under the sun, right? Yeah. We're looking pretty lit. We're pretty, you know, it's very bright in here. It's very yeah, nice. It's legitimately lit in here. Yeah, I feel like nice. it's not seven o'clock at night right now. Um, yeah, but this is going to be a fun thing. So I feel like this really, this, this whole concept kind of blends and works itself into basically the weekly show. Absolutely. And an extension of the stuff that we talk about on the weekly show. Yeah. We're just, instead we're, we're, we, uh, like I said earlier, it's going to be called crime and conspiracy. This is going to be our first episode and, each week, we're going to switch either talking about one true crime or one conspiracy piece. Uh, I'll be bringing the true crime. Brandon will be bringing the conspiracy. So we're going to get started this week with true crime. And then next week, uh, unfortunately, we won't have this great setup next week because we won't be together. We're trying to really utilize our time together over, you know, this week. And, you know, I mean, we we've chunked out quite a bit. We, <laughs> we did have. a stream. We did we, a podcast. And now we're here. And now we're doing podcast. And rumor is they're going to force me to do more stuff tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to try. Yeah. We're so, going to try. We'll see know, what happens. The more stuff they force me to do, the more content we make this weekend, right? And yeah, I mean, this in-person stuff is we got to get the most out of it. Here's to peer pressure. Oh, Chapel coming in hot. So for Very Crime true. and Conspiracy, welcome everyone. This is episode one, and we're going to be talking about Natalia Grace. That's right, we are. Natalia Grace, that's our homegirl. We've been catching up on the story this week. Um, I've, 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 full disclosure, completed the documentary series on HBO uh, before I got here. Yeah, but, and then we like rewatched the whole, almost the entire second season together before yes, we got started. we are caught up on Natalia Grace's side of things. And I think the first season came out like over a year ago, and you had already seen it, but I've watched like the whole thing in the last two weeks, I feel like, like eight hours, ten hours worth. Yeah, the first time I heard about this ever was four years ago when it first came out. Yeah, like it when was it was a hot news item, Joe right? Rogan and Tim Dillon. And okay. I and okay. I heard them talk about it, and I was like, "That's crazy." And I only heard essentially what would be the parent side, yeah, that, which know, is like the side that everyone was, everybody was hearing at the beginning, yep. and got repeated the most, and probably got the most airtime, I would say. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, uh, Natalia Grace was a six-year-old girl who was adopted, and she had a severe case of dwarfism. Um, she actually was six they believe somewhere between six to eight years old but the family quickly started saying that they believed her to be at least over the age of 18 at the beginning right and they said that she was essentially lying about being a six-year-old kid yeah oh yeah big time and i think everyone kind of heard about the story at the time because like it was a big fucking news story that some girl with dwarfism was literally lying about her age by like 12 13 years and i remember it was like in every magazine there was pictures of her and people were arguing like does she look like she's eight does she look like she's 20 and like no one can have a real answer to that yeah and i could be wrong but i think when joe rogan brought it up on the podcast he was talking about how it it was eerily similar to that movie the orphan 
which actually kind of yeah, ties yeah, in. Yeah, dude. I, to, oh my god, I forgot all about that fucking movie. Which kind of ties into the whole thing, right? Like because some people would say that that was actually part of inspiration for how they paint the the narrative in this whole story. Like it was taken as an inspiration from that movie. Like they saw the, the orphan and they're like, "Here's how we get rid of this girl." So it's very meta. You never know. It's <laughs> so essentially, we'll we'll get started in April of 2010. Okay, because that's kind of where the the whole season one kind of kicks off, All right? right. And that's where uh, we have a couple here named Michael and Christine Barnett. And they uh, adopted this six-year-old girl named Natalia Grace. And where was she from? Remind me. Uh, she was from Ukraine. She was from the Ukraine. Right? Ukraine. <laughs> I set you up there, but oh, I had to. Is this part of the conspiracy part? Is this Dude, the conspiracy part where you go into where, you go, where the where's the funding coming well, from? <laughs> that's like the second season, right? Like who? Where the what the fuck is going on at those Ukrainian uh, adoption agencies? You know? Uh, yeah, who's funding them? Uh, is it BlackRock? Is BlackRock involved <laughs> in getting Natalia Grace into the states, ladies and gentlemen? Let me know. So they adopted her in 2010. And what her paperwork said in 2010 was that she was six years old. Okay. Sure. And we know she has severe dwarfism. So you see it in everything. She can't walk right. Right. Her feet. It said in the documentary that she needed like 10 surgeries just to be able to walk how she does now. Yeah. And and she clearly needs assistance now. Yeah. There's no way that she could just be by herself. I mean, she's clearly gotten into a rhythm with... But even around, in the rhythm, she has a walker. Yeah, you know? no, like, I She's know. got that, like, walk, like, the tennis ball walker that, yeah. like, your grandma would use in, like, the 90s. As she should. She rocks that throughout the whole second half of the uh, documentary. Yeah. But in it wasn't long, right? Because they adopted her in 2010. And by 2012, the Barnetts claimed that she was actually, like, a psyop sociopath that was not eight years old at the time. Because <laughs> now it's 2012. That was They were thinking she was, like... They were saying she was 20 years old at the mo- at the least, right? Uh yeah, I think it was 22, right? Or yeah. were they age were they Well, saying- that's when they aged her too, right? Okay. That's like when they finally came to a consensus. But I, I think in the beginning they were like they just came up with this idea that she had to be over 18. Right. Well, she needed to be legally could be an adult yeah. in some capacity, right? Which makes like no sense at all. Like cuz you concerning. see the pictures and you almost start to believe their crap because they're like, re- like Michael and especially Michael. Like you don't hear from Christine throughout this whole thing, right? She's, uh, yeah, she's the only smart one. I, I would kill to hear from her. I would kill to hear from her. But Michael is anyone who's seen it. He's a complete fucking nut job, right? Like one of the most wild people you've ever seen. I'd call him a thespian. He's quite a thespian. He thinks he he's is born he for the stage. Yeah, he would be proud of that. He wants to be. That's how he wants. That's how he presents. He's yeah. a theater kid. I really did. He admit to being a theater kid because like you don't need he's to. Definitely a theater. I'm kid. assigning him the. <laughs> I'm signing him the role of you were a kid. fucking theater kid. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'll fucking take that. So, in 2012, um, they started a petition to change her birth year. Right, and what we hear is they take it to the Supreme Court of their state. And they just grant it based on word of mouth is what the documentary tells you, right? Like Michael and Christine said, this dentist said she was this age. This doctor said that she was this age. And they just took it. Yeah, I think eventually they kind of like swindled the family doctor, right? That they like knew well. Enough. Well, it, it, when in the second season, it like blows the top off of all this because they talked to that dentist and that doctor 
And they both say like, yeah, I have no idea where she would have gotten that idea from because yeah. I still have those records and it says nowhere on here that she would be an adult. I mean, it's really, I mean, yeah. We, I, as we go through it, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll be able to clarify. But here's the thing. You watch the show. If you even watch the show for a minute, you can see the difference uh, between Natalia Grace now, say, versus Natalia Grace in what, where are we already? 2012 or yeah. 2013. Dude, like, so like in 2012, when you see her in season one. difference. It's like you didn't know what she was going to look like later. So you didn't know if that was her age. But now when you see her 12 years later, right? 2024 in the yeah. documentary, she is literally a teenager now and you're like oh shit like she did mature more she wouldn't have if she was going from 20 to 40 it, she wouldn't look like that that's you know 100 percent. Yeah. and it's hard to judge with somebody who has a developmental thing right like absolutely I, like dwarfism we don't know how to judge i just i'm i'm just saying as i call it as i see it like when i look at her in the in the barnett house she looks like a child yeah she looks like a child yeah dude I don't know. Might just be me. You watch for yourself. So in 2012 as well, they while they're trying to collect proof that she's an adult, right? The accusations are that the mom Christine loses her goddamn mind and starts essentially torturing Natalia so that um so that she'll tell her that she's an adult. Right. right? And it talks about how she, like, beat her with a belt. And there was a time where she... It was nasty, dude. Like, could you imagine being, like, eight years old and just getting, like, punched down or, like, made to stand on a wall? And then, like, that whole thing with the pepper spray, too. And you start to think, like, this is a 35-year-old schizophrenic woman attacking an eight-year-old child with dwarfism. Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, <laughs> like at the end of the day... Based on what you hear about her, like, throughout the documentary, it actually starts to make sense that she would do something like that. Like, she's, like, a master manipulator. The, the, everything she puts her whole family through is insane. And that's the other thing, too. The other thing that we've barely even touched on yet is the idea that she they had three other sons. Yeah, and they're thankfully not in the documentary because when the one son comes in the documentary, he, he has a hot mic moment I, where he basically makes them look like the worst pieces of dude, shit you've ever seen in your life. Dude, we'll get there for <laughs> yeah, sure. Forget about That's it. Like I don't want to spoil topic. too much. Yeah, but I mean, they had three kids yeah. and the kid who we end up catching up with who now lives with Michael, which like, how the fuck do you live with Michael? Like, I see Michael for five minutes, and I have to, like, fast forward. He, like, he busts into every room like the Kool-Aid man. And it's, Literally. like, insane Imagine to watch Imagine that being him. your dad and him coming in with, like, all those theatrics all the fucking time, dude. It's nuts, dude. Hi! Like, kids, your mom just beat up Natalia! Like, it's just, come and on, it's like, dude. does he bring that energy when there's a crisis is the question. Like, Yes, I, you know he cries, and he, like, throws his arms up, and, like, I, I guarantee it. Just like he did when he cried in the fucking dock. True. I feel like that was one of the most real moments. Right in front of he... his fucking popcorn machine on his two-seater couch with his shitty uh, it's a sad Banana sight. Republic sweatshirt on. It's a sad sight. It's not nice. You don't, you don't no. like watching him do anything because it's honestly ugly because there's so many moments where they catch him. He's, 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 he shouldn't be on the documentary 17 times. Dude, they couldn't stop putting him in. It's like from the minute they first recorded him, they're like, we have to have him be as much of this documentary as possible because he he's literally insane. But he's so nuts that he's just like, he puts himself under the whole time. The whole time. He's putting himself under over the course of, what, four years. And he's such an idiot that he can't even remember what he said last year. No, like, not all even of close. His he can't remember what he said in his fucking deposition. He can't remember what he said in his deposition. That's what you need memorized? to remember. Yeah. You need to remember that. That needs to always be your answer to everything. I'm just, th that's, look, you got to get your story straight. That's your story, bro. Yeah. You got to know. So 
they started absolutely just harassing this girl and that's when they finally got her re-aged right and like yeah. like we said earlier they go to the supreme court i have no idea how you need no paperwork in 2003 like this isn't 1954 dude <laughs> like this was 2003 she's got them ukrainian visa papers dude yeah, they're dude, like whatever they're, they're like whatever this know. is a piece of fucking parchment paper that probably and happens crinkles. a lot just to the, the best of people you know like even if it's not we're talking 20 years a couple years this that people might not know their real age you know a lot of these people especially in those like you know you worry about like the the birth certificates from like war-torn european countries whoa you know? whoa are you like are we talking about birth certificates now dude dude relax I'm, dude hey whoa dude hey. i didn't know you were a truther i didn't know you were trying to expose sleep token like that dude <laughs> listen i'm gonna dock sleep token tomorrow they're gonna get dropped dude <laughs> but anyways they they got the church. Oh my god, the church, the courts to. <laughs> they got, they, they, they did got get, the churches. They got the churches of Ukraine rebuilt. <laughs> they got the courts in their state to change her birth age from eight to twenty-two years old. Which, like, that's that fucking nuts. jump. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who was there at work that day? Where everybody looked at that and went, "That makes sense for sure." And the minute that they're able to re-age her, they throw her in a fucking apartment. Right, they throw her in that one-story strip mall-looking apartment in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's yeah. where she belongs. And, and, and what? Wait, she was in the first story first, right? Like yeah, she was the, in a yeah. nice apartment that would have made sense for an eight-year-old child well, being reached to the any uh, twenty-two. Is right for an eight-year-old child by themselves. I'm saying it's a, at this point, an eight-year-old child being reaged to twenty-two, and yeah. she could be twenty-two it was now. One-story flat. Legally, she's twenty-two. Yep. That's crazy, dude. I don't even know what the fuck. Like, like who many, how many people had to see that in, in, a, in a process in order for that to go through? It yeah, can't like, just be one guy. It's not just one guy being like, yep, that, that all sounds legit. Like, sign off. It could, if it was a guy, it might just be one guy where he was like, yeah, dude, that's fine. <laughs> Send it. I'm, I'm really tired. It's, I, it's post 9-11, oh, dude. Everyone's exhausted. God, dude. This Ukrainian per. I don't even know where that is. Yeah, dude. No one in 2003 knew what Ukraine was. Yeah. Dude. They were like, wait, that's. We're Asia, sending, right? I'm se- <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't look Asian. Holy shit, dude. True. She doesn't. She doesn't look Asian at all. What the hell is she? It is Eurasia, technically. Eurasian. Eurasian. They're Eurasian. Dude. But Natalia Grace is uh, completely looked over and passed over in the system here in this yes. scenario. And I don't understand how this happens because just like we said earlier, all these doctors, all these dentists came back and they're like, that's not what my paperwork says yeah. at all. From what I can tell, there's physical evidence saying that she's within the ages of like 6 to 8 to 10. Yeah. She's not 20. And when she lives near. in this apartment, now that she's 22, right? You see some of the like the worst videos ever that Michael and Christine made like when they visited her, right? right? Like the only thing I'm thinking is it's 2003, right? There's no smartphone, there's no anything like what did you do? Bring a fucking like VHS camcorder in there to like show you torturing this girl? Because like they would yell at her for like, how'd you get this food? How'd you do this? It's like, bitch, I don't know. I'm 22. I think that at they times, knew she was eight. Dude. I think at times they would. Uh, yeah. Well, they definitely they definitely knew she was younger than 20. <laughs> younger I, than 22 for sure. I can understand maybe having being skeptical about the paperwork or whatever but like you can't dude you can't place it at and and they build a good case on that on the narrative that they knew that they needed to re-age her not just to 18 but to 22 wasn't it because of like an independence or something like that was like once they're 22 
when you're 18, you're legally an adult, but right. then you become a, you're no longer a dependent to your parent at 22. Is that what it is? Yeah, which made yeah. everyone feel like they did it so that they that would strictly. Sense. But what they realize is they're fucking idiots because there's not if someone's disabled and they're your kid, uh-huh. they never stop becoming your dependent. Sure. Regardless. But they did not realize that at all. Okay. There was zero idea of that. So what happened was is they threw her in this apartment and they're like, she's 22. It's fine. Like, we're going to live our fucking lives. And what happened during that time was is one of their kids became incredibly famous because he was like an autistic savant, you yeah. know, when it came to like school. He work. was like one of those kids in uh, Asteroid City. Exactly. The, like the kid from Asteroid City. Yeah. yeah. Who was you like sure? going, you get, being sheltered around from you get competition. Brought out, you get brought out to Area 51 to work out because <laughs> you've discovered some type of technology. But I, what's crazy is when they showed that part, I remember the 60 minutes about their oldest son, about how he was like already oh, in yeah, college. Oh, yeah, you said they had and, seen that. Yeah, he was already in college and he was like 14 taking like, you know, junior level college courses uh, and shit. that's in the middle of like that college rush and everybody's yes. going and, right uh, after 9-11 i hate to keep saying it but like everyone right, went though. to college right after 9-11 it seemed like a giant push on education. it was almost like mandatory right like yeah. if you were gonna do something after school that wasn't trade related you had to go to there college was no way if you wanted to make anything with money outside of a trade yeah you had to go to college yeah that was just viewed as normal yeah whereas now it's like a little <laughs> A little bit more like, holy crap, that's expensive. And I'm going to be real. The the two youngest sons, they really give them, like, no airplay besides saying that, like, the mom allowed them to beat up Natalia or forced them to beat up Natalia, and they're I still, say, and they're still with, Allegedly. They're still up with her, and that's, like, a big Terrifying. thing. Yeah, and that's, like, a big thing because, you know, they're, they're still being probably actively manipulated by her if they haven't completely cut ties. And if they haven't completely cut ties, why haven't they reached back out to hit dad and been like, Absolutely. yo, what's going on? So I uh, I just feel bad. I do feel bad for them, and I do feel bad for them because they were children. Young yeah, I mean, everyone in, their, in this point is under 12. Yeah. There's like, Natalia's six. That's why I say right? everybody in that house was a victim of her, for yeah. sure, in a lot of ways. But, like, Natalia being, like, disabled and adopted makes it so much that worse. much worse. Yeah. Even if she lied about her age. But also, like, we don't know what weird stuff she was doing to her own kids before Natalia got there that they'll never admit to either. I don't like, even... we don't know if this just started with Natalia. Yeah, who knows? Their boys probably had a little fight club before again. You don't know. Yeah. She might have been, like, drinking wine and watching them fight. Yeah. Like, smoking Marlboro Lights and just watching these kids WWE the shit out of each other. You think she was room? trying to get them dates? Like, she was trying to get... <laughs> there there is a part in with this the homies. where when she's, when she's re-aged at 22... Uh, there's an accusation that Christine tries to hook up Natalia with like a 40 year old local little person. What is he, what is his deal again? Cause he's like, he, he's like important in the community, but he, I don't know why, except for being in a wheelchair and being kind of cute. He does something. He's kind of like a little, like a little celebrity, like yeah. traveled around. I remember oh, he, he was, was talking about getting poontang. That's band. right. Yeah. He yeah, was yeah. like getting he played poontang. like fiddle or some shit. He was walking around getting poontang for sure. Yeah. Like real, like big poontang. Yep. And so all good this, for him. All also, this, that's crazy. <laughs> He's going absolutely crazy. That guy. All this happens while she's living in that first apartment, mm-hmm. right? The kid goes off and does all these things. Right. And they're traveling. She writes a book about it. Uh, Christine writes a book about oh, that. Yeah, yeah. And she was selling it for like, what did she sell that for? Like millions of dollars. Millions and millions of like dollars. Like it, six, dude, it made. There was a movie deal that never went through. She got for like six hundred thousand or yes, something, right? Yes. Or I'm probably misremembering. And she the always number. wrote about how like this is my money. And then the the son who it's written about admitted he got no money from the books about him. 
uh, that, that were written about him. Yeah. That used his, I think they used his face on the cover. They did. It's like him, like, with, like, a bunch uh, of, like, math equations and God shit behind damn, him with a backwards dude. hat on. It sucks. Yeah, that that's fucked up. And people know? still buy that book. I looked on Amazon. You can buy it right now for well, the publisher. I'm sure that they... Which means Christine still makes money, but he doesn't make a fucking dime. Yeah. And he, he, I don't know, we can't speak to the other two kids, but I will say he's seems like he is mentally going through it from what he dealt with in his childhood their oldest for son sure dude oh like, my God. he's broken he's broken he is a man past his prime he's not going to be able to get up and fucking be a genius anymore he's no. done it, and, and like his mom the, ruined he that. had the capability to do it like yep. he had the capability he was clearly smarter than everybody else in his age group and he was fucking you know imagine he, peaking at 15 like literally we talk about peaking in like high school but like imagine peaking pre-high school in, yeah but he like was, 13 if you looked in that shot even in the background of that shot where they're interviewing him he has like this whiteboard that's uh got like equations yes, and he's yes. like working he's on like still stuff trying to and figure shit out like his brain's moving but like he's just but he's down there in that basement of it's michael just it's de- just yeah. it's so depressing it's so depressing because like yeah he was probably like the oldest right was he, he was the, the oldest, oldest. so yep. he he yep. he was involved and knew probably better than the younger sons that something wrong that was happening right. that it wasn't right to Clearly, do that to natalia he was yeah. still young enough that he felt powerless in the situation couldn't do anything about it and now is letting it torment him yes. and is also terrified now that he's an adult that he doesn't want to be like prosecuted for Never. assault and fucking abuse and, and shit. that's and that's like the whole part that okay now we can kind of get back to it right because they interview god that is so fucked up in his house a ton and he's throwing on like a parade act right and then they interview the son like separately in michael's basement because like it's like a base like a semi-finished basement room that it seems he lives in right yeah and then they kind of come together for this like real awkward side hug next to the popcorn machine you remember that i do yeah where it's like what the fuck and then they're standing up there at the top of the stairs ironically they're at the top of the stairs and the son forgets to turn off his like lapel mic i'm assuming yeah. from the interviews downstairs and he just admits to his dad he's like we're not supposed to talk about the time that we all push natalia down the stairs right Ugh. yeah that's probably <laughs> i mean any hot mic moment in a documentary is literally what they're looking for it's kind of yeah, like, like the, the golden ever. goose moment of Everyone's every documentary yeah. because you're revealing new information i mean you're breaking news at that point so it's like I get it. That is cool. A lot of people will take issue with it, though, because it's like, is it ethical? Is it right to broadcast it if it was meant to be in confidence? I don't care because you're already putting because yourself you're out there. Some terrible shit, and you also chose to be a part of this documentary. It's on you as the person to know that you're being recorded. You've been aware that you're being recorded. You've consented, and yep. you signed paperwork to say you're cool with being recorded. And now you know you're being recorded. And now you're being recorded. Yep. And we don't sign paperwork. You know what I mean? I nope. can understand there being who knows, but like, if you're in that professional scenario, this is being produced by HBO or whatever it's like if i'm getting up and i'm going you, to talk about things to we're not going to talk about everything you're going to say while they're in your house yep. let alone yep what you gotta get your shit together but if i if i knew that i was going to go upstairs and talk to you about something that we weren't going to talk about but, on there yeah. i would make sure every single mic wasn't even off was not on me anymore right but like, their sloppiness in that moment i think actually says a lot about christine and her uh like very clean very uh sterile way of handling things you think like without her they're not able to like do the little things I think that she always was like turn that off it's do like, this well like, i think it's just credence to the fact they are kind of victims because they're dumb enough 
to not think about it. They're dumb enough to say something on a hot mic. She's not dumb enough to even put go anywhere near this documentary. Yeah, or let either of her other sons that she has full control over have anything to do with it whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So it sucks, but it kind of highlights the, the the dynamic of the family a little yeah. bit. But yeah, and so the son says, you know, he clearly admits to throwing Natalia down all, the stairs. When dude. we all did. So it's like, did like, they all take turns whipping this. How much did, was the dad involved? That's what I bet. And like, I'm he dying always acts to like know. he's not, but I swear, dude, he had to. I'm dying to know. But she doesn't seem like he's involved when they, well, we'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get talk about it for uh, sure. But essentially this is, her first apartment is a little short lived, right? Because... There's some weird stuff that happens, and she's uh, she's essentially bothering a lot of the people that live in the apartment complex, right? Yeah. You hear from, like, the people that live in the house across the street that said she would just, like, show up and talk to them. And, you know, the old lady who lived directly across the street, who we did, we both say we don't really know if we believe everything she has to say or not. For sure. Um, but she, she was, like, a nuisance, I think, to them. But at the end of the day, like, if she's eight years old, dude, like, She's desperate for attention or contact with a human. No, yeah. You know? And then there's that whole issue where they accuse her of sexually assaulting that boy outside. Yeah. Um, who's like 10, right? Yeah. And she says that didn't happen. But I'm going to be real. Like, I think throughout the podcast, or throughout the podcast, throughout the uh, documentary, we see that she was definitely sexually mistreated in that Ukrainian situation. And if I'm going to be kind and and assume she's uh, not kind i'm sure all the evidence kind of points in this direction but she, if i'm gonna assume she's a eight-year-old and she's playing around with yeah. a 10-year-old and most of her life the past couple of months has been hanging around with these people who live in these apartments and these low-income apartments yep. like and she's living by her fucking self bro yeah. and she's being exposed to whatever's going on she's literally age she's barely retaining what's going on and then she's playing with somebody her age finally maybe just doing something she learned from an adult that some traumatic experience. She actually explains a couple of. I we might have missed it in the last episode because we were skipping around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, but it was like three o'clock. At in one the morning. point, she talks about how a guy, and I think we might have skipped over this, but they, there was a guy who at that second apartment, or maybe yep. that first. I think it was the first apartment. Who he was like an old man, and the old lady was talking about him, and he like the old lady who initially was like on oh, Natalia was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. she was like the. the whistleblower. One we don't know if we trust or not. Exactly. Yeah. But she even admitted, cold up, straight up, admitted that, like, this guy used to walk around, an older man used to walk around naked around the apartment complex and, like, be, a, like, a straight-up streaker pervert. Yeah. And that he invited her in one time. Or, like, she was, like, around knocking on doors because she's Trying eight to hang years out old. with somebody and she's eight. she's eight yeah. years old in an apartment not knowing the etiquette of what to do. Yep. And then goes into this dude's apartment and he's got, like, porn on the TV. And oh, he yeah, has yeah, 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 yeah. So I, you I remember this. And then he's like, so we like, should turn that off. And he was like, so no, that, you can watch it. It's cool. So even if that experience and happened first, and then she's it out playing with somebody her age, and then she go and engages in some... Yeah, it's like, that's not fair to judge. Like, if she's actually... If the re-aging is true, and it's not, and it's not legit, and she's not 22, like, that, yeah. that drives me nuts. Because it's like, you're driving a kid to deal with really fucking adult situations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we also need to talk about the fact that she told the couple that lived across the street that she tried to kill the family, like the Michael and Christine. Right. But according to her, Christine told her to say those things. So you have to like, when you're eight, you do what your parents tell you. But like, at the same time, would you tell them that? Because that was a big thing. Michael and Christine said to the originally tried to get her out of the house by saying she was just unsafe. 
right? Not right. that she was older, but that like she was threatening to hurt them and their kids. Yeah, and hiding Taking, knives. Well, that was when the orphan thing kind of played in. They yep. said that she saw the orphan in what 2012 when it came out, or yeah, 2012 when yeah. it came out. I guess that makes sense in the timeline. And you go, that's you know that inspired her, and she was sloppy. She kind of based it too close on what she saw in the movie. She realized yep. too many people saw the movie and switched up the story when she realized that the insurance stuff happened, the, the dependent stuff kicked in. Like a lot of this stuff, these 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 uh, roadblocks, we'll call them, keep coming up for her. God, these roadblocks of adopting a child and having to be responsible for them in some degree. Yeah, so crazy. Like God forbid you have to fucking man up and. I mean, she's presenting his mom of the year. This is the, the the problem with the documentary is I feel like there's a narrative being presented a little bit where they're talking about her and she's like, she adopted Natalia because she wanted to receive even more praise as a mom. Yeah, for being uh, for adopting she got somebody. All the praise from having like the super genius kid. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. And, and that's and then you have this and then you adopt this disabled person in order to yep. help them out. Now that you've gotten some money and you can do that type of thing, how did she think? That she could convince anybody. I mean, she has, she did convince a lot of people. She convinced the fucking Supreme Court. And she convinced Joe Rogan and Tim Dillon. She convinced Joe Rogan. The two most important guys. I wonder media. if they, they should get together and be like, we know you lied to us. They should have Natalia on. They should have Natalia on now. Yeah, that they should. Fucking sick. They should make her shotgun beers with Shane Gillis. <laughs> <laughs> they should just put Natalia on a bunch of shrooms yeah, and make dude. her hang out. They with should like put Harvey her on Shapiro. Protect Our Parks. <laughs> Christ. Protect Our Parks <laughs> featuring Natalia. You know, we're killing Chapel. Yeah, over here. Chapel's loving it. I love um, it. So essentially, because of all the stuff we talked about here, she gets kicked out of that first apartment, right? Boom. Boom. And so in 2013. They move Natalia to an apartment in Lafayette, Indiana, which it's like, why would you move her that far away from you guys in the first place when she obviously still needs assistance? Uh, yeah, she needs a lot of help, dude. Yeah. And, and, and let's get into the details on this apartment real okay. quick. So first of all, this apartment's on the second fucking floor. No kidding. It's a, it's a two. It's a second story apartment. Like oh, Her front yeah. door is on the second story. Now, did, has she gotten the surgeries yet and stuff? She got all the surgeries, but. We she didn't have like the help assist. So you gotta walker. think now she's a big investment. Yeah, now she's a big old. Now investment. she's a money sink. Yeah, and it's like a boat, you know, like you buy it and it's cool, but you just keep sinking money into that thing, and yeah. eventually it's gotta fucking go. Yeah, you know? yeah. So what do they do when they get her in this two story apartment? What do they do? They move to fucking Canada, bro. We're out. We're out. Yeah, we're <laughs> we out. don't. We they we, left we're, Michael we're behind. Yeah, I mean initially, yeah. right? Michael was there initially, and the plan was for him to. Move up there eventually once he got whatever he needed to get done. Right. Done. He never really goes into, like, that. But I think it was probably just due to their incoming divorce, right? Which, like, newsflash, they get divorced next year. Yeah, they, they start get their divorced. divorce in 2014. Yeah. But, yeah. Things start falling apart for poor old Michael. Yeah. Poor old Michael. And just like Natalia's always done in her new place, right? It's not like she can drive a car. So she walks everywhere with these fucked up feet, dude, out of her two-story apartment. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Imagine how many times she ate shit. Like, I know that's fucked up to think about. No, it is fucked up to think about, but at least it's not her fucking shit. brothers throwing her down the fucking stairs. I yeah, guess. it was probably easier. There was less, less impact force. coming from the back end. Yeah, less <laughs> physics involved in that fucking fall, I guess. I don't know. Jesus Christ. She dude. just fell and it was like no pressure. It was like whatever. Yeah, it was like, it was like, she that's easy. Right back that's out. called falling on easy mode for her. That's like when an NFL running back falls over. He's like, oh, nothing. Yeah. I didn't I even mean, get hit by Ray Lewis first. Yeah. You punt her across the room. It's like a whole other level. 
Dude, they just picked her up and threw her across the room. Yeah, dude, wasn't there a tweet about like Josh Allen throwing her to Josh Allen? Stephon Diggs. Whipping Natalia Grace over to Stephon Diggs for a 70 yard touchdown. He could. He could if he needed to. Yeah. It might get picked, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's a 50 50. It's fine. But essentially, she's just walking around and she has no supervision, right? <laughs> so she ends up meeting this family who it's uh, a man and a woman, Antoine and Cynthia Moss, right? Is it Moss? Yeah. Is it man? Man, sorry. Mans. Mans. The Mans. Antoine and Cynthia Mans. Mans. And they have like 135 kids that they adopted. Give like, or take. The house looks Something like a daycare. similar to that, yeah. Every single shot in their house looks like a fucking daycare. There's so many kids, and isn't it something there's a church involved or something to that effect? Oh, yeah. There's like... Well, they're trying to make a church, and he's a preacher. Right, right. right. That's the big thing. Like, That's he's right. a preacher, and he's a holy man. Yep. And it's, like, their duty to foster and adopt all these kids. Yep. And they live, like, six houses down from this house that Natalia lives in, which is the second story, because it's, like, a, a house where they've broken it up into, like, five apartments. Okay, yeah. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, forgot yeah. about it. It's, like, a house they broke up like into. A, like an, like a Hey Arnold. Exactly. Or, like, you know, we had friends that lived in those ones in our hometown, where it was, like, a giant, like... 3,000 square foot house, but then it was broken into like five apartments. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. And so they, they lived right down the street and they started to see her walking up and down the street, right? And they were like, why does this girl, who's obviously a 10 year old child, because now it's two years later, right? So she's 10. Oh, yeah. Uh, always by herself walking down the street with dwarfism and fucked up feet. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look right. It, it doesn't, doesn't look it good. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look good. And you know she's just eating shit in front of their house. And they also talk about how this neighborhood is so much fucking worse. Oh, it yeah. is gross here. It's like falling apart. There's a lot of crime around. And it's like she's like... They go back. And while they're there like just doing a sit-around, they wait, get gunshots. Can we dude. talk Can we talk about this scene for a minute? Because the gunshots were definitely fake. There's no way in fucking hell that these fucking gunshots weren't just edited into that. The it, acting was bad. So edited in. The acting was bad. If you were actually hearing gunshots, wouldn't you fucking run? I don't know. No, watch, I agree with you. 100%. Watch that scene. That and, scene. If you go back and watch it, it's very suspect. And if you start thinking that way about this documentary, you start noticing more things like that, and you go, it, "Like, how much of the documentary can you trust?" Which is why you're listening to well, the CNC podcast. It's kind of like the second season gets a little more gotcha. Yeah, you know, there's it's like, and now like with the ending, which we'll get into at the end. It's very gotcha, right? It's, it's becoming so like gotcha. reality TV. I think there's something really uh, sick about the way they handle the, the a Band. lot of this. Well, not just that, but like the way they handle the slow burn of disclosure of this documentary. They are a part of the reason why the narrative has been uh, so pro Barnett for so long. Yeah, because like, the whole the first season, season one extends their narrative. The first season was Michael Barnett is right. Yeah, and then the second season was. Holy shit, Natalia Grace was right the whole time and we fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's and, literally what it is. You know, and they don't own that at any point in the documentary. They don't like say anything about it. And and a lot of documentaries act like they're super impartial all the time. Yep. And I think people like that are sick in the yeah. head. Yeah. You see all this fucked up shit going on in front of you and you can't present it the way it is. You have to like play both sides. It's like the news. You're like, no, clearly one thing is fucked up, and we yes. could just say it's fucked up. And we could just say it's even why are if we it's being like shady opinionated like or whatever. Yeah. If you see something fucked up, say it, and then let it sit and let people decide. You know, people will decide if it's fucked up or not. I think most people now look at the Natalia Grace thing and would say it's pretty fucked up. 
that it I, happened I, the way so it did. The whole thing was I had the pleasure of watching it back to back, right? And the whole first season, I was like, yo, Michael's crazy, but I believe him. Yeah. And then the second season comes out, and I was like, that's what happened to everybody. Yeah. Everybody was believing Michael and Christina, and they were just lying. They, and it's like they lied so much they made themselves believe it. Like they could probably pass a fucking polygraph because they believe it on the inside now. And that's the problem is like polygraphs aren't necessarily super effective. No, if you believe the lie on the inside and you're a sociopath, you will pass that fucking polygraph. And the thing they don't say is that I don't think it's just sociopaths that can lie like that. I think anybody's capable of that. I think anybody is capable of concocting a narrative in their head and convincing themselves that it's true enough Okay. I don't. Okay. Interesting I've, philosophy. I do. I. I think everybody's capable of it. I just. I. You know. Whatever. I'm admitting to being a good liar. <laughs> but I just think I'm not a sociopath. Brandon, the sociopath. I keep saying I don't tip on the weekly show. I know, dude. People are gonna be like this sociopath who doesn't tip and loves Donald Trump, dude. I, 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 that's what I said on the pod. I said I don't like to clarify bits, but sometimes I gotta say, hey, hey these are bits. But I just think, um, yeah, I don't know, dude. I think people are just crazy. I think the. the I think most people see the situation. They know what they're looking at, and yeah. I think uh, Christine. If, if you know, if you if you're comparing Christine to Michael, say, yeah, sociopath versus lost soul, like complete idiot, yeah. in my bad opinion. liar, just like, and was willing to put himself on camera and lie poorly. That's a fool. That's a fool. Four times over, he a couldn't f- stop coming in and making a f- up a new story. An absolute every year. fool of, and a jester. And if he doesn't think that that isn't going to bite his ass in court at some point in the future, he's, he's wrong. Lost his he's mind. absolutely out he's of his absolutely mind. Lost his mind. He came and he comes dressing like Fred Durst. Yes, we'll talk Dude. about this. Oh my god! The, so it's good. Yeah. So in 2014, Michael never makes it to Canada. Right? I know we alluded to this, but. He files for divorce, and Christina and him are divorced by 2019. For sure. And that's when he starts this whole, like, Christina is evil. I don't even call her Christina. I just call her evil. evil. Oh, my God. That shit made me want to throw up on the fucking floor, and it wasn't because I ate, like, 20 pounds of sushi and alcohol. Oh, we were, yeah, we were full. <laughs> it wasn't even that. <laughs> it was Mari and sushi. Dude. But, uh, yeah, he's... He's, again, it's the theatrics. There are moments where he's not being theatrical in those interviews, and it's for like a split second or yep. whatever. And obviously, those interviews are edited and chopped and whatever to make it seem more dramatic, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's, you know, for the most part, I'd say 75% of what he says is just rehearsed. Dude, you know he sits there in the mirror every day before he goes in there, and he fakes the crying and the story, and he's like, that was good. Yeah. You, like, I, you can just fucking tell it's so rehearsed. He is, he's a pathetic guy. He really yeah. is just a pathetic guy, but he's, uh, he's not the scary one to me. No, you he's know? just like, okay. You've watched, you've seen Rick and Morty, right? Yeah. You know, like the parents of Morty. Yeah. I I can't remember the dad's name, but J- he, Jerry, Jerry, I think. Jerry, you remember the episode where they like see Jerry's true self and he's like that little fat sniveling worm. Yeah. That's how I feel about Michael. That's really And Christina's like the big fucking monster that was controlling him that was the the mother. Yeah, yeah. That's how I see it. Like, he's just a sniveling worm that would do anything anyone told him in the moment to avoid conflict. You think Justin Brolin's going to beat the allegations? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? No, dude. The show's moved on. Yeah, but maybe he he does like a Rick and Morty. Light? On another channel. 
I know I don't draw it, but I voice it. So just close your eyes and listen to this. It's insane. <laughs> so even though they, they they get divorced in 2018, and they think that's the end of Christina and Michael, right? Right. The, and at this point, I also want to mention that over this time, Natalia no longer lives by herself. She's actually moved in with the mans, right? Yeah. She's, she's become one of their kids during in. this time. Yep. She's in. She hangs out with the kids. Yeah. It, it, and in the beginning, they paint it as like a 100% positive experience. For right? sure. She is helping out. She's awesome. She's the missing piece to their family. They love having her there. Yep. Right? And, th- and she's there for like 10 or 12 years by yeah. the time it's all said or done. Yeah. Um, but what happens is, is in 2019, so one year after the divorce, um, the Barnetts face criminal charges for child abuse. Uh, the charges were split on the guidelines of being a child or an adult, depending on the disability. So they knew they wanted to charge them with either child abuse or abuse of a handicapped individual that they were dependent for. Yeah. Which either is, way, they were wanted to get them on either. What's, let's go. Send like, them the book. Yeah. Lay the book we're gonna on We're going to figure them. out how old this bitch is, and then we're going to give you one of these two yep. opportunities. And you're going to get slapped either way. Yep. And this really kind of split them even more right this is where at some point the oldest son moves in with michael while this is happening because it literally fractures the kids i feel like at this point Mm -hmm. and we don't really know why he moved out of his mom's house and moved back from canada to america with michael yeah but the other two kids not only never move back but never speak to michael again to this day which is insane because It makes me wonder what she said to them that he did. I mean, I remember multiple times in the documentary, he even admits to the fact that he told Christine he was going to kill her multiple times. Yes. He said it. He said it. Because he was like, I had to defend myself. Yeah, he plays it up in a way that tries to make people sympathetic. But, dude, you can't make that. You can't make me sympathetic to you in a way. I couldn't say that to somebody, you know. Anybody. Yeah. I just don't have that in me. Uh, Yeah. That's not, to me, something I I don't find that impressive or, like, even worthy of, like, mentioning. If it's something that you think is going to garner you sympathy, you're out of your mind, dude. No. And they essentially fight these charges for like three years separately, right? Yeah. Because they're divorced. So now the, the law is going after both of them separately. And I don't, she was never legally re-aged again. So the only uh, opportunity to charge them came from the accusations of, you know, abandoning a dependent with a disability. Which hopefully comes with a big slap on the wrist as well. I mean, it sucks that that's even like somewhat of a demotion in a way. It's like crazy to me. It's like what? Well, you'd be surprised. But the court ruled that Natalia's age could not be considered whatsoever. And they couldn't even explain how old she was in the trial. Which is interesting because the reason Michael gets up and leaves in interviews because they start mentioning the reaging thing, or is it maybe it's not why he gets up and leaves, but the second time they get together, he strictly almost cuts off the interview again Dude, about this because of that. Exclusively. Yeah, because because of they fought hard in court to make sure that it couldn't get. Yep. It got thrown They're out. Like, and that they we couldn't said use we it. couldn't talk about this. Yeah, yeah and, and they it, fought two, three years. And to get anything this he out. says implicates him in that old court and, yep. and could put him. In hot water, I assume. Yep. So. so the prosecutors do decide to continue on the neglect of her disability charges, right? And that was in February of 2022. And that's kind of as far as you get in the first season, right? Now was like early 2022. Now, yeah. the second season just came out, which really passes through from then until late 2023. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, modern times. My, almost like three months ago. Yep. Right. Very recently. And so it starts off, it, it skips from February of 2022 to October of 2022, where Michael's trial begins. Yep. And uh, his attorney is painting Natalia as an adult. For sure. Because he knows they can't nuts, use the age. Dude, that guy, dude, he's, he's got his savage. Shit. He is the ideal lawyer. I mean, like, if a, I ever get in trouble, he's going to I'm bat. I'm calling him. He's going to bat. You know he costs a fucking fortune. Well, it's crazy is he knows they're, they suck. He seems like a guy who's Doesn't like care. pretty normal, like yeah. aside from the fact that he's defending them so hard, but it's his job. Like, yeah. I don't think he would do it on a normal day, maybe not, but like he gets paid the big bucks, so he's going to do it. But and he's been he's doing it for do like, it right. a, do you think that guy's lawyer for like a decade? He's going to do it right. And that's yeah. the other thing, right? He, like, he has a personal relationship with the guy, so it's like he, he yeah, there's going to be that bond, a little bit of camaraderie more so. He's going to know his personality more and know how to manipulate him to do the things that he needs him to do in order yeah. to not get himself in more trouble, which I'd say he kind of did a bad job on in a way. <laughs> yeah, because without the, a doubt. The, and it's honestly probably not his fault. He probably is a good enough lawyer to convince most people. But this dude, I'm telling you, Michael is so fucked up. He sucks so bad as dude, a guy. And he's just impossible to represent. Like, I got to give him kudos for representing him for a decade exactly yeah, yeah. he he is a tough client dude. yeah dude he's an impossible client for to be sure around. and so the big thing is legally at the beginning of the trial it stated that she was 24 when they left her in lafayette and that's what the court's gonna see that's what the prosecution's gonna see that's what everyone's gonna see yeah right she's 24 years old uh natalia wanted to live with the barnett's as a family michael's attorney claims she wanted nothing to do with them this is where he reiterates the stories that Natalia was trying to kill the family at eight years old, nine years old, yep. that she was hiding kitchen knives in her bedroom, that she was standing at the edge of their bed at the middle of the night. Which like, gets kind of painted in a different narrative when everybody gets caught up, t- t- you know, talking about how they kick her down the stairs every day. Yeah, and shit. Dude, it's a little crazier when you find out that he fucking kicked her down the stairs. Maybe keeping a knife under your bed makes a little more sense Maybe she when was... you realize they're beating the fuck out of you every day. Dude, if they're going to national lampoon throw you down the stairs in the middle of the night, you might need some protection. Yeah, you might stand at the foot of their bed and scare them one night. Fuck you. Thanks. <laughs> Right. So Michael's attorney, they show videos of her walking to the store and down the street and claim she was an able-bodied adult, which like I've seen videos of her walking down the store to the street. The show is videos of her walking it, down the store it's, it's to the store. It's 40% of her walking around fucking town. Like it's just, just, just hit, trying to get around. That, hitting that jig. You really know? proving that point here. Yeah, that shit's not easy for her to get around, easy. dude. She's burning calories. She's working. She, dude, it's a whole dip and thrust thing. Yeah. Like it's And your fucking feet aren't even feet. No, dude, they're not. They're like remade feet. They're like doctors decided what the image of a We're foot We're going to make this kind of make sense for you. Absolutely. And they said she was an able-bodied adult, right? Which I think is crazy. Everybody's on drugs at this point. Yeah. So Natalia testified she didn't have the skills to live independently, right? We saw she can't reach shit. Like, mm-hmm. she's literally two and a half feet tall. She, she even at one point is, like, standing at the sink trying to prove that she can barely hold the knife. Yeah, dude. Because her like, hands how, don't how close, How can I get right? a knife from a knife block when it's that high when up? She, when they make her swear on the Bible in court, like, she can't even keep her hand. It's like she's got the Spock hand going. Like, she has no full control. Dude, I know it's fucked up, but when they ask her to do solemnly swear, and she, it's, she puts this shit up. She puts it up. It fucked my world up, Dude, she puts up the Spock hand. She looks directly at the guy, 
And she said, what, it live long and prosper? <laughs> what the fuck did they say? Live long and prosper. I don't know. I've never been to courts. No, I'm saying that Star Trek. I don't fucking know. I thought you meant what do they say on the fucking They should Bible. make court more like Star Trek. Actually. I would be more interested. Yeah. In yeah. I might get more tickets. That'd be kind of sick. So, obviously, we saw this. She couldn't reach the appliances, just like we were saying. Mm-hmm. And they had two hours of deliberation. Which we know that's not shit. No, in it's a trial, not, that's nothing. And uh, they came back and found not guilty on all three counts of neglect and conspiracy to m- commit neglect of a dependent on Christina and Michael. I am, yeah. I mean, that's home free, baby. A huge failure. They threw this bitch down the stairs. They sprayed her with pepper spray. I mean, they, they tortured put her, her ass in two different apartments. This is what we were talking about last night, right? The first apartment, it was okay. And then she fucked up, and they were like, let's make it harder for her. Yeah. Like, it's like they were literally And we're not even talking about her origin story as one of the uh, little people forced to by Epstein to clean up (laughs) to do for Stephen Hawking to do the math problems on the whiteboard. She was doing the math problems. We didn't even talk about how how traumatic that must be, dude. Dude, she had... That's why she liked her oldest brother the most. He reminded her it's of gotta Stephen be, It's got to be horrible. <laughs> After all that, to then go to America, to the Barnetts, thinking I got a nice life looking ahead of me. You know, I got to escape to Epstein Island. I escaped Stephen <laughs> Hawking. I escaped it all. Dude, like, literally escaped everything just to be I escaped the not war. old enough to live in the home you're provided with. Yeah. Think about that. And then you face this evil American family and you realize it's so much worse. Bring me back to the war-torn Eastern Bloc. Dude, please. at least they're like, they didn't throw me down the fucking stairs or <laughs> accuse me of being 25. Well, they did sell her to Epstein, so. Yeah. You know. What What, what do you expect? The Curious Case of Natalia Hawking. Check it out, M&B Podcast. I'm pretty sure that's one of our episodes, right? It's that's like our eight? Poorly episode rated, eight. Our most poorly rated episode on Google <laughs> Reviews. Google said that episode is in bad taste. Yeah, give us more negative reviews. So, I want to I wanna end... I want to kind of start to wrap here with the idea of where the podcast ends, mm-hmm. right? Well, the documentary. I keep saying We're so podcast. deep in a podcast I'm right now. I'm such a fucking idiot, We're so dude. immersed in podcasting. We also have in-ear monitors for the first time. So I know. It's like I can hear myself. Monitoring. And I feel like... And I have cameras, so I'm like, oh my God, what does this look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a whole new world, baby. A whole new world. If you're ready for it. That's pretty nice. A shiny chimney. We're going to have Chapel auto-tune that. Dude, I'm going to sound like the goat. Anyways, um, the end of the the end of the thing is kind of showing how the mans who are painted as this like incredible family that supported her, right, for the last 10 years, they help her in these interviews that she does for the second season with Michael. Yeah. Right? Where she at where she gets Michael to come back and the first time he runs away cuz he has a showdown with the with her new dad. What's his name again? The man's husband. Um, do, 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 do. I forget. Is Antoine. He, Antoine man. Antoine and Michael get into it. They do. Right? Yeah, they, they, they duke it out super hard, actually. And Michael goes, I can't do this. I can't do this. I, I can't, can't do, do this. this. And he rips off his microphone. He runs in his little sports car. And then Antoine goes out and like, punches his car, he, which he, was fucking sick. He does go out and big dog him a little bit. I don't think Antoine's in the second interview. He do, I don't think he yeah. was there. No, I think that was a stipulation. I think like Michael was like Antoine is scary yeah no I think Antoine. it's just 
yeah, I think there's a lot that goes into that. But yeah, it was a pretty volatile situation. I think they kind of knew that going into it with the documentary. They knew having these guys going head to head was going to be crazy. They have, wanted it the first remember time. Remember how long that that scene was where he's like hyping her up to walk into the to the apartment? Dude, and they he, like and pray you find outside out, like it's a football game. But they pan and Michael's sitting right there, and the door's been open the whole time, he can and hear he's the hearing whole thing. the whole and, thing. And Antoine's like, "That dude, a bitch. He ain't got nothing on yeah, you. You're you gonna beat him. He's You're gonna, gonna win. You're gonna get all the answers you uh, want." Don't forget, he doesn't swear. Oh, he's yeah, a man he of God. Say bitch. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's he, a man of God. He would never. He swear. honestly doesn't swear. He got all mad that uh, I think Michael said like Jesus Christ or something. He was and Michael goes. I, I can't do it. I just swear if I'm going to say something. I think if you're principled about it, it's hard as fuck. Now that I'm older, like back in the day, I would have been like, fuck you. We had an English teacher, and he never swore. And he said that, like, if you use it too much, it gets watered down, right? Yeah. Well, laying it out when you when you really, yeah. It's like, it's it's like the explanation. When you have a guy, you never, he's soft with his he words most it, of the time. And yeah. then you lay it down, you're like, oh. When they're like, get that fucking thing, and you haven't heard them swear in like three years, you know they mean that shit. It gets you know? serious. Yeah. Real quick. Unlike for us, where we're like, hey, get that fucking shit, and yeah. we, we're dicking around. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But we we see the mans, right? And they yeah. seem like this very supportive family. We, yeah, right? they, they, they do. I would even say, I would even go to go as far as to say they're much better than the Barnetts. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's night and day. Yeah. From what, we're, what we've seen so From far. From what we can tell. Yeah. But then... Near the end, <laughs> we hear a phone call. This is also like to, to describe this. Before. Oh wait, before we get into that, don't forget like the last thirty minutes of the documentary is her yeah. getting adopted. Correct, right? So they're she's the, her legal, legal parents, guardians. She is now a man's, right? Yeah, she is one of their children. The one paperwork four hundred children is in. It's in, and then they're like, okay, she's happy. Yeah, she's gonna live with them. She's got a nice house. She's confronted everything she needs to confront. Mm-hmm. She's forgiven Michael. Right, because she, she, she did forgive Michael. She did forgive Michael. She prayed with him. Yep, it's prayed. actually a pretty powerful moment in the documentary. It is. It's one of it the is. more genuine, in my opinion, moments of the documentary because it is. It is a time where he does need grace to be forgiven. In yeah. that moment, he fucked up, and everybody knows he fucked up. He knows even if she's whatever, he was the legal guardian. He knows that he should have played a bigger role. And you role feel in like he does out. feel some. I know he kind feels a bit of reg- weight, you know? and yeah. maybe a regret, be- which is why he has this nagging sense to keep coming coming back and being a fu- he's and like punishing part of this. he's like he, he wants to finish it just as much as she does i at think the end it's of the his day. way of punishing himself without having to admit guilt is putting like himself that. through this fucking arduous process of looking like a fool to everybody on hbo like it's I like, like he just can't he's not strong enough to, to admit yeah to admit it yeah i like that that's just my read I, I like that read a lot um i i i'm very skeptical of michael I can't tell if he does have growth or if he just is continuing to manipulate Natalia, yeah. you know, into just being not mean in the moment. Yeah. Because when people get mean to him, he like, <laughs> he like cries and runs out the room into his little Mazda sports car. He right? really does. Every time. Every time. It's like, it's like right out of a cartoon. It's like yeah. Roger from American Dad. It's like they have a camera out there waiting for him to leave. Dude, they know he's going to leave. You know they had like six dudes out there at the second like interview. Just, like, just in case he busts That's why they had those uh, sweet footage when he did leave calmly I'm at the saying, end. I'm saying. They're like, this guy's a like, bitch. Okay. Put people outside. Okay, we got, put him outside. Just put, you put, just put him outside. Three dudes outside with a the, with the GoPro. Just, just in case. Just wait. It'll be like an hour. Yeah. It could be anywhere from the next five minutes to Just be ready for hours. him to bust out at any time. Well. Pause. <laughs> fast forward on that bus. <laughs> no, dude. No, no dude. dude. You're scared of the bus? I have to pause myself on that one. I didn't realize. So... Near the end, right, it's like, okay, Natalia's living there. Things are good, right? Things are all good. They are. And we get 
a phone call to the producers at the end. This which is like two, mi- two minutes before the fucking yeah, like entire documentary ends. The screen goes black and they're like, but we just got a phone call. And it's Antoine. And they only show Antoine's and the mom, voice. mom's on it too. Is the mom on it mom's too? Mom's on it too. Okay. They're on there and Antoine's like, she's a liar. She's a manipulator. This isn't the first time she's done things, but this is by far the worst and thing she's done. And we've like forgiven done. her for things she's done in the past. And we did hear in there from one of the kids, like one of the 200 kids in there in Antoine's house. That when she was a baby. When she was a baby that Natalia beat her up, but she Be- said she didn't know any better. Because she, Natalia at the time would have been 10. Which makes you think, like, if she was getting beat up, maybe she just like, that's what older siblings do. But at the same time, it's scary to hear. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it builds, and it was used in a situation to kind of build while the lawyer was explaining a case against yes. Natalia. Again, another part of the documentary I don't appreciate, because instead of providing you this information in a way that's sort of non-biased, they packed that in while that lawyer was laying it thick and, and debuted that information for the first time. 500%. While they were laying it on thick on Natalia, which is then going to make you think worse of Natalia in that moment. Yes. Even though what you just said makes total sense. She's it's like 10 you're years supporting old. Her, but you make it sound she like just shit. got out of this, this fucked up, like abusive household. And, you know, yeah, she might not have known better. She maybe was still lashing out and being a 10 year old idiot who yeah. was just put through the fucking ringer or something. But at the end of the day, She's 10. But yeah, and, like, and, and, and you have to also, you know, it's no excuse because if, if a 10-year-old beats up a baby and something bad happens, it's a tragedy and something could have been done to prevent it, I'm sure, and people are going to think that way. So I don't want to excuse shit like that, but like, you know, it, yeah. it, there there's a way that this documentary presents information that I just take a lot of issue with sometimes. Well, that's the whole thing, right? Because after they give this phone call, they're like, they put a black screen up and they say something along the lines of, this is not the end yeah. of the Nat- N- N- Natalia Grace story. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in next week. Three. And it's like, is this a documentary or is this gotcha journalism? Yeah, are they creating the narrative now? Like, the first season, it's like they fucked up and now they're trying to make it like an A&E show. The problem is... It's like 600-pound life, you I f- know? I feel like a lot of the time the problem with these documentaries is when they catch up. Yep. Because then they're out then, of story to tell. Not only are they more popular because then there may be two seasons in or something like that and now they're caught up to real time but now there's a vested interest in leaking information to these documentaries which makes sense because you and i are both here today like well what the fuck is going on we don't want to wait so exactly you and i spent like an hour and a half this morning looking into like where is she now well well there is a a little bit i i you we didn't talk about it so the the tiktok stuff well, whatever's going on with uh, the, apparently there was also a Facebook post. Oh yeah, well that's from Christine herself. Yeah. So the whole thing, which is wild, which because is she's unhinged. been radio silent this entire time for like three and a half years. While season one happened, production of season two, season two happened, and if we're going to be real, both seasons they shit on Christine the whole time. And I don't also don't want to skip over the whole thing with the the family like disavowing her or whatever because it was I also saw that maybe they might be a little bit. They're, they might be on better terms now because there was some TikTok posts that she Natalia had made. Oh, yeah, the, like when the, Natalia the had and commented Antoine on and, it and his wife. In a positive way. Yeah. So, so maybe they had made some type of amends by now. Who knows? We can hope, right? I like and, and that. What, but what I do kind of... The thing is... We talked about that. What was the... Kelly was saying that there was that narrative going around on TikTok about the church. Well, yeah, he wants to make a church. And I'm not going to lie. Like, the whole thing kind of seemed money-grabby. Yeah. Like, why legally adopt her now? Because she gets a disability check. Interesting. Yeah, that's definitely... Like, why legally adopt her 
14 years and you were living in your house. So just yep. change your name on paper and lie. Like, yeah. I, it, it's just, and they're running a tax-free operation with their church. And all their in kids. In some type of way, right? I feel like they're getting a ton of paychecks from each kid they adopt. Yeah, that's and a good point. monthly paychecks and, just, you know. Yeah, that's a great point. I think they're just kind of racking up any way they can to build this church that Antoine is dreaming of. And I think why he called was there may have been a big disconnect between where her disability money was going to be utilized. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. But maybe they smoothed it over. Um, but before we cut, I do want to say, I want to read Christine's Facebook post. Yeah. I want to get back to it. And this is my first time hearing this, so. Cool. I, I did find this, like, an hour uh, while but, you were showering earlier. Yeah, so. while we were getting ready. She posted this out at the, right after season two premiered on HBO. Okay, so, like, probably three weeks ago. And this got picked up by a news article. So is this her personal Facebook? This is her personal Facebook account. Okay. But someone like screen capped it and sent I'm it sure to it's a news private article. and yeah, some somebody. family member, some like friend of a friend who saw it. You know, yeah, comment. You know, for sure, it's hot news. All right, <clears throat> Christine, Natalia was a very much loved and cared for member of my family. She was not abused by anyone in my family. Let's get straight to these allegations. Nobody ever took a belt to Natalia, and the allegations that she was beaten are just plain false. Any discipline of Natalia was very minimal and was not out of the bounds of normal parenting. If anything was overly permissive, as we felt, as we all felt a tremendous amount of sympathy for Natalia and loved her while she lived with us. That's just the first part. And then we kicked her out and put her in an apartment. And then we kicked her out and put her in an apartment. We loved every minute of living with her till we re-aged her. Yeah, there's a lot of holes in this now. Now, she goes on to say, Living with Natalia did come with constant allegations about her treatment, which I believe was to lead people away from investigating her personal behaviors, which were extreme and usually of some sort of sexual or hurtful attacks towards other in nature. So the accusation of being abused are a way to deflect what she is actively doing to hurt other people. And as well as they say themselves, hurt people hurt people. She has alleged abuse by anyone who has had long-term contact with her, as well as neighbors teachers i've never heard of any of her neighbors or teachers being accused of anything this is starting to actually like piss me piss off, off now and yeah i'm like what the fuck is this that she claims were abusive to her in my experience they all were not abusing her at the end of the day understand compassionate people have grace because I had that compassion myself. This is fucking, oh, fucking God. disgusting. I, I, like halfway through that, I kind of got chills because like that's fucking insane. That's that a sociopath Facebook post. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's I, no I, other way to put that. I'm kind of floored by that, and I'm kind of floored that she's still taking this angle that, like, Natalia's some kind of, like, sick sex pervert, like, this disabled girl. She hurt everybody. She fucked everybody. She, and, she and was a 10-year-old kid, dude. Clear evidence with that guy in that band that we talked about that she's being set up to go on yes. dates with, like, adults that, by that her. she set up. Like, he still and had he the fucking had the text, text He was yes. talking about it, dude. It's like, this is where I start to get fucking pissed because... 
you're putting that's a that's that's for, gross forget right? about putting somebody in a dangerous or abusive you're that's sex trafficking then 110 now you're now you're epstein she went from jeffrey epstein to jeffrey epstein what the fuck what kind of luck is that dude? that's terrible luck dude it's crazy like maybe that's what happened maybe this woman was like a epstein friend she looks like she could be. I do straight up. The eyes. And what's that up she with gave? that? What's up with that family's money? And where's they? What's all that coming from? I don't know. I don't know. So I'll say, what we know here is <laughs> I just pulled. A the, lot. I just pulled an Aaron Rodgers on this family <laughs> so hard. I was so like, like yeah, they're, probably on the, they're probably on the. They're on the list. They're probably. on the Epstein flight they're list. On the list dude. with Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel's on the list. Everybody's <laughs> on the list. So. I, I don't know how to feel. I, I know, I think at the end of the day, right, like Natalia, Michael, Christine, I think everybody's lying a little bit. I think, I'm not going to lie. I think Natalia has a vested interest in burying the Barnetts. Now, and, and absolutely. And I think she'll say anything and maybe embellish truths to get to that, to meet that end. To ensure that sure. they are done. And yeah. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. I don't blame her, her at this like, point. I'm here I, for I, I would advise her not to because I think what she did, what they've done is enough. Yeah. They you should just leave to, each other you alone. You don't need to even embellish it or do anything. Maybe she's not to. Who knows, you know? Yeah. But my gut instinct says some things are, you know, embellished to make them look worse. But they, what they did to her was bad enough to want to warrant, like, her freaking <laughs> out about it, this. You know? And, like, also trauma is going to fuck you up on your memories. Yep. It's not going to – you're not going to see things clearly, like – and she's, you know, she's just trying to make it through. And I mean, trying to make it through in that, in, under those circumstances, are it's tough as it is. It's tough. Oh, you mean any, living by yourself at ten and in, in, in disa- and disabled and like having to Can't deal with stand. all this pain all I the time? I couldn't live by myself at ten, able-bodied. I mean, it's just gotta hurt, you know. Everything hurts, and then you gotta go up the stairs to live and get in your own front door. Yeah, it really sucks, dude. And it sucks that somebody like that could be mistreated. And I don't give a shit if she's even a bad person. It's like we gotta have more empathy for people. And if you're gonna adopt them and bring them into your home and mistreat people, like you're like the scum of the earth, man. Like I, I truly yeah. like this. No, shit you gets, truly are the scum. Of yeah, because it's like adoption's important now. There's a lot of stuff that happens, and there's not enough people adopting, and like people do it for nefarious reasons. People do it for like really fucked up reasons. So it's like. Yeah, it, it just it bums me out to think that people are out there abusing the system, and it's like yep. more common than people who are out there even doing a good thing. Like it's just like a it's like a puppy mill to people in some ways. You know what I mean? No, I completely agree. It's just like you see it all the time. People like with those like nine adopted kids, and they just collect the paychecks, and nobody works. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a real scam since like the nineties. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm going to watch season three. <laughs> oh, dude, that's what I was going to end with. I'm definitely 100% still going to watch season three. Well, now that we did out. this, we're going to have to watch season three. Yeah, because then we're gonna. it's going to be a, a bonus. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. I mean, I had a great time. The documentary is well made. I'll give them that. I they're did enjoy the documentary. You know, HBO films. knows what they're doing with a doc. Sure. Um, you know, I would... I would I, I hope that there's a good conclusion for everybody except for Christine and her, you know. <laughs> I hope Christine takes it the worst. Yeah. Um, Michael, maybe a little bit slap, more, more slaps on the wrist for Michael would probably be good too, to be honest with you. Just he needs a little Michael's reality just check gonna, clearly He's still. like married now. He's like remarried to this woman. And it, it's, you imagine no. that? No. I'm dead. Like, what's going like, on? How do you that? do that? How do you do that? I don't know, dude. But yeah, I mean, going over this really fucking was a trip this is a crazy story from beginning to end yeah. and, and it's a and, it's, and we're not done and i think it's um you know i could have heard 
what I heard on Joe Rogan, Tim Dillon doing seven minutes on yep. this is a bit and taking away from it what a lot of people took away from it if they didn't watch this documentary, which was the Barnett side of the story. Yep. And I think which the, is what most people got and, until they saw season two. And the other thing is the documentary didn't present didn't present another side of the story until way later too. So nope. the media plays this up. It get you know, Natalia Grace gets lost in that. I mean, imagine going up against all of that. Imagine going up against that. Your your narrative's gone no matter what you say is going to be drowned out by millions of people who heard the other side of the story first. So yeah, which is like a year's difference. And I'm too. not you know if you're it's a Joe Rogan's a comedy podcast. If you're getting your news from Joe Rogan, maybe try looking at where Joe Rogan gets his news. I don't know. He's a, he's not a newsman. See where Jamie gets yeah, his files yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be more of a Jamie than a Joe if you're if we're talking news <laughs> is all I'm saying. But if you know, you get into it. Do a little do a little do article reading at times. Go yeah. through and make sure, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. It, in general, um the correction always gets less retweets than the original. We talk about that all the time. Post. We talk about that all the time. No one goes back and reads the correction to the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Nobody. And they correct it months after. Yeah, and they act, and they don't repost it when they correct it. No, they just silently correct it and leave it twenty links down. Yeah, yep. And it's gaslighting well, at its finest. I think this was one fucking great way to kick off CNC. 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 Welcome to CNC. Crime and conspiracy. Oh, I, dude, I'm excited to get into some alien stuff on this. Yeah, which is what's going to come in our second episode. So y'all stay tuned. We'll be doing it in podcast format moving forward. We wanted to get the first one out in a podcast and a video, right? Use the Spotify. Use the Apple Music. Use the YouTube. Let's do it all. So I'd like to always, as always, always as always, say... Always as always. Big thanks to my man over here, my boy, Brandon, as B- always. Big thanks to Max and a hey, big hey. fucking thanks to Chapel over there in the corner. Chapel really oh, put in work today, setting up stuff and making this all look so beautiful, dude. It looks so cool. I'm so excited to see a final product Same. here. I can't wait to see it. Um, My pleasure, boys. Dude, no, it's our pleasure. Thank you. Um, this, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. CNC. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, man. Let's cut it. All right. Deuces, everybody. Deuces.